the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL. Featuring insider and outsider perspectives, enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, with my host, Seth Cox from AvengeTheBirds.com, which is SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site. He is also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast, and we're here for episode 470. It is the first of our two preview shows that we do each week uh, for for the upcoming game. Um, Seth and I will will give our takes on this, and and I have coming up in our next show uh, lined up uh, former Bengals defensive back Solomon Wilcots. He's part of the Believe Podcast Network. He's an ex Sirius XM host and an Emmy winning, um, you know, Emmy winning broadcaster. So he and I will discuss the Bengals on our show that will drop on Saturday. Uh, this show obviously dropping on a Friday. This is our preview show for the Bengals. Seth and I are going to talk about uh, basically what the Bengals offer, what, the, what they have, how they, what they've done so far this season. We're going to look into matchups and keys for the Cardinals to potentially win this game. And then, as we have the last couple of weeks, we've got you know our predictions and our prop bets that we've got, which last week, and we talked about this on the show on Tuesday night, Dad it the Cardinals, they, they had the cover. They had Prater over four and a half points. If that Zach Ertz had just caught that stupid touchdown pass, but that's for later in the show. We've already expressed our frustration. Seth, how's everything going for you as, as we get ready for coverage of the Bengals and the Cardinals this week in their, in their brand new black unis? That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. And, you know, it's, it's going to be funny because this is a game that everybody including this podcast had penciled in as i shouldn't even say penciled in i mean this this was looked at as a loss like this was going to be a loss this year and it's okay i mean neither you or i were upset about that we were we looked at this and go this is a really good team it like, is a very talented team with what? a lot and and all of a sudden they're just the Bengals are not good through four games they are a bad team right now uh i i especially on the road especially on the road right now that's that's kind of what well and and more than even on the road they're terrible on offense yes which is i mean they're averaging 12.3 points per game and you take away their their punt return for their return for a touchdown guess what they're averaging 10 points a game that's 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 bad that's really I mean, bad. They they have two games where they've only scored three points, and that's both just, the road games. Yeah, just not something we expected uh, from this group. This is a a uniquely talented, special group of players that have really just. I mean, they brought the Bengals back from being the Bungles, right? Like all of a sudden they're. They're a talented um, team with a lot of, you know, with a lot of ability to go make plays all over the field. And, and, you know, and then all of a sudden now it's like they're just a bad football team. And that's that's not something we expected. And so at the same time, we look at it and go, well, they still have everybody. So they're, they're definitely gonna get right this week right like this is the week that they get, get <laughs> that's right, what some right? people think that is definitely what some people think especially like car the cardinals defensive metrics uh, like if you look at the yardage and the passer type stuff there there it doesn't look great if there's a if there's a week for for the Bengals and, and the but basically the belief is is that the offense will get better it might take a while because right now Joe Burrow is, is is under a lot of duress. He's not able to complete passes because he's under pressure a lot. He's not pushing the ball down the field at all. Um, basically, the one thing they have going for them right now is Joe Mixon, um, and he is and 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 that I guess based on what we saw in the last two weeks for the Cardinals, that that is something to worry about. He's got. 
He's averaging 4.2 yards per game. He's only got one touchdown so far, but he's also improved in his blocking. He he can he's basically playing well in all three phases of the offense in his role. But everything else is kind of a mess. And this is a team that on both sides of the ball, there is a ton of talent. The skill the skill players that they have that they should be they should be humming offensively. Their their trio, their receiving trio of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and, and Tyler Boyd is as good as you will see for a top three receiving core in the NFL. Joe Mixon is a very good running back. Joe Burrow is is a star at quarterback. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they've got they've got some good up front guys. They've got Trey Hubbard. They've got DJ Reader, BJ Hill. Uh, you've got a great linebacker in, in, in Logan Wilson as well. Um, and, and it's, it's just not coming together right now. They've been bad on both sides of the ball. Here are some, and, and we're going to kind of look at, look at what they've done is they have not, they held the Rams to 71 rushing yards, but they've allowed 170 rushing yards in each of the other two games. Um, the, <laughs> They have now granted defensively, they've taken the ball away three times in the last two weeks. Two two of them were against uh, the Rams in their in their win. Offensively, they've scored six points in two road games. They have three games where they haven't reached three hundred yards of offense, and the one game that they won, they only got to to three hundred and nine. They have they have given up over they've given at least four hundred yards twice and now over and at least 350 yards three times this season basically they're not doing anything on either side of the ball particularly well um which no, is it's, it's very odd because you have very talented guys they have good pass rushers they have some good cover guys in cam taylor britain chadobia wuzie their linebackers are solid too but they're they're just not they're not they haven't put it together on either side of the ball well, and it's surprising because it's not like there was a ton of changeover. Now, uh, you know, as as always, Revenge of the Birds talked with with the SB Nation sister site, uh, Cincy Jungle, and you know they were kind of like the problem lies in the fact that they have a bunch of guys that are basically new to to the defense in terms of like Dax Hill um, who was a second year player who's taking over for Jesse Bates who was a all pro I believe right if not he was he was really good and... yeah he, I mean as close to an all pro as you can get um, and and you know and and so they're filling those wares but more than anything what he said and, and you kind of hit it is their defense is having to compensate for how bad their offense is playing and then not able to keep up. So, you know, it's, it's just been really, really tough for them to maintain. And they just, because the offense is just like literally not doing nothing or not doing anything <laughs> productive uh, in on the season. And, you know, one of the big questions and, and uh, you know, something that you and I, it's really easy for you and I because we're not fans. We don't care. Like, you know, we don't dislike the Bengals, but we're a, we're a non, you know, we, we don't have a dog in the fight outside of this game, right? And the question is, why don't they just bench Joe Burrow? And and put him on the IR and let him get healthy. And I asked I asked the SB Nation guy that, and he said that's kind of the question. Is like, is this is all of this the struggles, you know, the the bad start to the season, all of that is all of that really worth what's happening um, with with Burrow? And you know, shouldn't they be looking at this as, hey? Even if, and and we're not saying it is, but even if twenty twenty three is a loss, a net loss, aren't we invested in this guy for the next 
six years that it doesn't matter. Like we don't need to panic, hit the panic button and reset more likely. We need to put him in a position to be successful and, and make sure that he continues to have the opportunity to, to get healthy and get well going forward. And instead they're acquiescing um, to quarterback. Well, and it's interesting here because we know that the cap is bothering him, but guess who's not showing up on the injury report at all? So that's the part that has me puzzled. He's Joe Burrow. Burrow himself has talked about how the calf injury is the calf is like at the top of his mind, which affects the how he plays. So he doesn't try. He hasn't tried to be mobile at all kind of this year. He's just getting the ball out real quickly. If he's pressured, he's not having much time. But he's it's not affecting his practice reps. And he's not even listed on the injury report as a full participant, which for me, if you're not on the injury report, the injury really should be a, it should be a non-issue um, because it's not enough to even mention. We like we've heard about it, and I didn't look at the previous week's uh, injury report. If like last week he was on it at all, but to not even be on there, but still talking about it is really kind of interesting. Um, so, so basically, and, and I'm interested to hear what you've heard. I know that you didn't get the, uh, the Bengals wire guy on, but the Cincy jungle guy basically said, and, and I'll read it so I don't screw it up because I don't want to talk out of school. Obviously these guys are in the same realm as us in terms of, you know, being dialed in. Um, and so, you know, my question was simply, uh, not, you know, we don't need to say much about what's going on with Joe Burrow. It's clear he's dealing w- with an injury. So should should the franchise not step in and put him on IR till fully healthy? And it, he said, it appears that Burrow has lobbied to play with reluctant approval of both the team's brain trust and medical staff. Um. So the other thing is that the medical staff has said that it is not overtly at risk of an Achilles injury, and that's why he's playing. And that that okay that that's actually the first that I like I've heard someone say that because with what we saw with Aaron Rodgers after having the calf strain in the preseason to go out and then a couple of plays in to then tear his Achilles. We saw it happen in the NBA with Kevin Durant coming back from the calf injury in, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But that is the, that's the thing that you wonder. But apparently it is like medically he must be in a good place. It's now I wonder how much of it is now in his head. Um, we know well, that guys deal is... with injuries that don't show up on the injury report that they're that they're sore that they're banged up, but it doesn't affect. But for for me to have it not be on the injury report suggests that he's fine, and if he's fine, then why it is, is why is it, he playing? Why is he level? playing yeah. so badly? Um, and maybe maybe it's just because the under the offensive line is underperforming. Um, they've, they've but struggled he, at the offensive line, but, but they've got to, they got Orlando Brown. They moved Jonah Williams. Now he's not, that's one of, that's one of the matchups to watch, honestly, this week is, is Jonah Williams at right tackle against the Cardinals, you know, secondary rushers, uh, or, you know, top rushers. If you talk about Dennis Gardeck and Demikaji, Victor Demikaji, but yeah, it's very, just, it's just very interesting to, to see how, Things have stagnated for them. In in a way, doesn't this feel like, in a way, the 2022 Cardinals with uh, with only they had more. They've had more success. They've been to AFC. They went to a Super Bowl. They went to an AFC Championship game. But doesn't it feel the way that they're starting feels kind of 2022-ish for like the, what that happened with the Cardinals? Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of it comes down to that, right? Like a lot of it just comes down to that. They're in a position where, you know, they're 
I, I genuinely don't understand what they're trying to accomplish because I get, I get that you're saying like, Oh, he says he's fine. We've got to, you know, con- continue to play, but you know, I've told you off the record and, you know, we'll never get a true statement of it, but I've heard on the record that the Cardinals were worried about Kyler's hamstring still, and they still let him play. And I'm like, at some point teams have to look at the long-term outlook. Like, I know that we want to look at everything through the, through the hourglass of this season, this year, but at some point we have to go like, Hey, this is the guy for ever. Right. Or, you know, not ever, but you know what I'm saying? Like long-term, like we're, we're trying to get this guy into Canton and I know they don't do jerseys, but in a Cardinals uniform or in a Bengals uniform. So we need to make sure that that's how, that's what our thought process is. And that's where our, our, entire staff and models looking at and so if if it cost us a year because this guy's injured the big picture is he's not injured for you know ever he's injured for this season we can overcome that and be ready to go you know in following seasons and it just feels like these teams look at it so often as it's just time like we gotta we gotta sacrifice that for for the here and now and how do we do that and and it's just like this is not for them it's not working and like i said i am fully expecting him to come out and just blow out the cardinals on (laughs) on sunday like as as somebody that's been a fan of the cardinals you know since the the 90s you know when i can remember everything like it is that is what my expectation is. Now, I hope I'm wrong, clearly, but you just look at what has happened and and that's kind of how the history of the Cardinals goes, right? Like they're playing a bad team and they I mean, we don't have to look too far back. Just look at the Giants a couple of weeks ago, right? Like the the Giants came out, they were playing awful the Cardinals are beating them mercilessly and all the of a second sudden, half. It just, they just turn it on and they erupt for 31 points in the second half. And those are the only two quarters of good football that the giants have played this season. And so you look at it and you go, okay, how do we fix that? And, and you know, it's just in my belief, unfortunately that that's, you know, and I'm still going to, you know, Spoiler alert, I'm still going to pick the Cardinals to win this game, but my expectation is that it's not going to happen because I've been a Cardinals fan for so long. and We're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. <laughs> always. Always. Some of the numbers, uh, pulled up some statistics, is that through four games, Cincinnati has 58 first downs. Okay? That's less, that's about 14 and a half per game. They have... Uh, they have converted on 33% of their third downs. They have 944 total yards in four games. Um, they average 4.8 yards per passing attempt. They have three offensive touchdowns this season. Now, they do have a plus two in the turnover department. And then you kind of look at some of the some of the defensive statistics. And so they've got... Um, pull those up. You got Trey Hendrickson with three and a half sacks. He's doing well. Uh, BJ Hill with, you know, they've, they've got 12 sacks as a team. They've only given up eight sacks in four games, but that's misleading. That's simply Burrow getting rid of the, getting rid of the ball because he has been under a lot of, a lot of pressure and, and teams haven't necessarily had to blitz. They do a lot of run from what I, I, I've heard. I don't watch a lot of the, but they, you you run blitz and just run blitz at the quarterback if it's a if it's a pass play, um, but other than that, this is a team that that is a team that should. I mean, we were talking about the Bengals' defensive coordinators, our head coach here, Lou Anarumo. Um, that defense hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been good, and the the offense, the offense, um, 
has just been abysmal. I, and there's no other way to really explain it is that they are stuck in something. They're stuck with something. They, they just can't get their, they can't get out of their way. And, and you look at, Let's look at their schedule coming up. They've got the they've got the NFC East, the West for the next three games. So, if they can't beat the Cardinals, see what Seattle did to the Giants this last week, and see what. And then they've got their bye week, and then they got the 49ers coming out of the bye week. Then they've got the Buffalo Bills. This Bengals team has to turn it around in a hurry. And and Joe Burrow said it is like it's a must win game this week. They got to win it. They need to win for their morale, which really puts the Cardinals in a fun position to be morale busters. Well. And you have to wonder too if they have to win because if they don't, if the if the team steps in and they say, "Hey, we get, we're going to put you on the IR," and then now, so explain to me because I'm I'm well, I guess it'll be interesting the way the IR works. If he goes on the IR, does the bye week count or is it only no? It's four. Games? It's four games now. It used to be weeks. The, the last year. Um, when when they went to the short term one, um, I think when twenty twenty, so they made it that you had to miss three games, and and the de- the designation of the last couple of years has been four games, so the bye week doesn't count. So if they put them on, so at least not necessarily put them on IR, but if keep things get the out, you keep them out that. against the Seahawks, or if things go go badly enough against the Cardinals that they sit him in the second half, sit him against Seattle, give him the bye week. Um, but again, you look at like, but there's nothing on the injury report. So how bad can it be? <laughs> that's the thing that's, that's it, that has me I mean, absolutely puzzled. You can see that he can't move. I mean, that's just the reality. He cannot function within the pocket and that's what makes him so uniquely talented, right? Like, you know, and it's ironic because everybody is on Kyler with like, oh, you know, he's not going to play until he's ready, but this is the alternative, right? Like you, you get your franchise quarterback playing and he just can't compete. And then all of a sudden you, now you're looking at a situation where you just paid, and I know the chiefs beat it, but you just paid the richest contract in NFL history to a guy that can't compete and so it's like it makes it a it it just makes it tough uh overall and it'll you know it'll be interesting to see where this goes because this is a situation that i don't i genuinely don't like what the situation they're putting themselves and their you know their star in because it just feels like it's something that could have been avoided and instead it's a situation that's lingering that really shouldn't be coming up next on the rise up series podcast best of cardinals talk on the web let's talk about the matchups we're looking forward to seeing the matchups that they're gonna matter and keys to the cardinals win or or, or competing for a win that's coming up next on rise up series We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web, talking about the second segment. This is the keys to a Cardinals win, keys to victory, and matchups that we want to see. Uh, I'm interested in a, in a lot of different individual matchups. Well, but if if there's one thing I if I'm looking at, if there is a recipe to beating the 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 Bengals, obviously one is is kind of continue to do to Joe Burrow what's been done. But if we look at their two road games, they well in three of their, in their three losses they've given up 206 rushing yards, 178 rushing yards, and 173 rushing yards. They had no answer for J- Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry. Now I understand James Conner is not those two running backs. He is a tier below them. That said, he does he does cause the same problems because he is he is a big physical back like Chubb and Henry. And guess what? The Cardinals run the ball well. Uh, they even rushed for over 100 yards last week, even without him. And, and if you combine him with Josh Dobbs and his mobility and, and then mixing in guys like Rondell Moore and Marquise and, and Hollywood Brown, what you're looking at is a way to keep 
the Bengals' defense on the field and have them tire out. Like the the I think the Cardinals present a very tough matchup matchup because they do things that give the Bengals trouble. And as as rough a time as the Bengals have had offensively, the Cardinals force opponents to do. I mean, you don't see many like four or five plays. They're like nine, eight, nine, ten to thirteen play drives. Cincinnati's not going to do that. They haven't been able to. They haven't been able to sustain that. And so, I think if the Cardinals number one can simply establish a consistent running game and then limit Joe Mixon. They've given up big numbers to the running backs the last two weeks. 100, you know, 179 total yards to Christian McCaffrey. Tony Pollard ran for 122 against them. Uh, if they can limit Mixon, I think they're going to be in a really good position. And, and so you, you get you know, the, the old 1995, you know, stop the run, run the football. But that's really the style of football the Cardinals have kind of been playing so far this season. Yeah, that's just who they are as a as a group, right? That they're that's where they have to go, and that's kind of how they have to play. Um, and it's interesting because they have become a team that really focuses on on the running game and doing a good job in the running game, and and that's you know that's where they're at right now, and we'll see how it kind of evolves whether it evolves with Dobbs I mean they threw the ball well last week and and lost and and Dobbs didn't play poorly so I don't want anybody to think I'm saying that but the reality was they couldn't compete when they didn't have you know when they had to kind of ask Dobbs to win the game and again he didn't play poorly at all like I don't want anybody to think I'm saying that but you know it was it was less than optimal in that situation and so It'll be, you know, interesting to see how this continues to unfold. Um, I think this team has the ability to be more multiple, but I don't know how much of it they can do with with Dobbs at quarterback. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, totally. Defensively, they need to get they, – like, they can't do what they did last week, which was one sack and no pass breakups. The Cardinals had 23 pass breakups in the first three weeks of the season. That was one of they they were making plays on the ball. They have to get their hands on the football. They need to pressure Joe Burrow. And I, here's the thing: they don't need to. Re, they they can't just rely on a good red zone defense. That didn't work last week. They need to avoid. They need to keep Cincinnati from getting to the red zone. Cincinnati's not been good. They only complete. They only. They only convert on 33% of their third down, so let's just let's get them third down and take care of business that way. And and they're in a really good position. They're honestly the Cardinals are in a really good position. This the this iteration of the Cincinnati Bengals is a good matchup for the Cardinals, I think. Yeah, and you know, you look at the you look at how it goes, obviously the biggest thing is they have to contain and control Joe Burrow. And if Burrow continues to play at the level he has, I mean, we're talking about a guy that has two touchdowns and two interceptions in four games. Like, that's just bad. And both of those touchdowns, I mean, were in week two. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in in two games. Um, But the reality is this is easily the worst secondary that he's probably played. It, It, might be the worst from a talent perspective defense right. that they've played all all around because they don't have a you know Aaron Donald level guy, um, and so it just you know it begs the question of what they do and and how they do it and and this is a game that the Cardinals desperately need to show that everything that's happened thus far isn't a fluke. Does that? Yes. It, it, it takes that, te- it takes that, that Dallas game and you go, okay. Cause Dallas, the, the, especially the way the, the, the Cowboys respond against the Patriots, you're like, oh yeah, fluky, you know, weird NFL game. Um, 
especially coming up, they were they were angry about you know giving up thirty one points. The Giants, uh, they they weren't competitive. Like they 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 battled, but they they were overmatched by the Forty ers I, I yeah, I would agree. A win this week this weekend over the Bengals really kind of changes the course of the next several games. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm definitely not saying like like. Seattle no, they're not and the Rams, or, or that they're. But you look at the, these games are much more competitive. You know, the Rams are beatable. the The Seahawks maybe are beatable um, with what they have. The Ravens are beatable. Um, the Browns are beatable. And then you know the the Falcons are beatable. Houston looks really good, but that, so it now becomes where rather than expect expecting losses over the next several weeks. If you if you pick up the second win, I think it, it breathes some air. There's already there's already a belief in that locker room, but pick up win number two uh, without Kyler back, and I think it just feeds that fire. It just builds the confidence in this team and what they believe that they're able to do. Well, and, and where they're going, and that's right. been the biggest thing, is that, like, you know, there's a lot of, talk about moral victories and things like that but at the end of the day nothing matters more than actual victories and so if you can sneak out you know again what was it was the over under at the end three and a half on the season um i think it dropped to that before the season started it it was at four and a half okay so i mean if you sneak out two wins before kyler and you know, four wins with Kyler and you go six and 11 in a season where you, most people were picking you to go two and 15 or one and 16. You look at that and you go, man, we, I mean, we had no talent on defense and then we lost a <laughs> bevy of starters <laughs> and our best defensive player right. in Buda Baker. And, you know, so it's one of those situations. There's just a lot of, a lot of things working in their favor if they can win this game. If they lose this game, it's not catastrophic by any means. It just it goes it back. Doesn't, yeah, to, right. It doesn't give them progress. But it also goes back to the Giants thing. And the Giants playing so poorly after they came back and beat the Arizona Cardinals makes that loss look worse than it probably is overall. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those situations that we'll figure out what they can do and, and where they are before, before this all gets going. Because at the end of the day, this is, this is a situation where it's not that important to win the game but it is important in the sense of this looks like a, another bad team that's almost on the opposite end of the bad spectrum from the Cardinals where you're like, oh, we expected them to be bad, but they play hard and they're frisky versus we expected this team to compete for an AFC championship and they're awful. Like, and so... If if they lose to the Bengals and the Bengals end up going four and thirteen, it it will it could be a a negative turning point in what has been even at one and three a mostly positive start to the to the season. Yeah, individual matchups. Where where are you watching? Where do you think the that the Cardinals? can possibly exploit things like I, I I it's really hard to like to, to match up a running back against individual players and so it's really hard for me to do that however I'm super intrigued especially you know Cam Taylor Britt pretty solid cornerback pretty solid young quarterbacks coming back from a concussion Chidobe Wuzie, capable cornerback but popped up on the injury report this week uh for the Bengals on Thursday so you're looking at a slightly banged up secondary against Hollywood and and Michael Wilson, who have been producing. And Wilson, you know, right now is pacing for a thousand yard season thanks to 17 games. He's been, like he had a breakout game last week. He's had big games 
Like he hasn't had volume receptions yet, uh, other than the last week, but he's getting big plays. Um, the I saw a stat on the NFL Network preview video that um, this would be a ga- this might be a game for for Zach Ertz because the Bengals do not cover tight ends particularly well. Um, but I also like I have my eyes on Victor Demikaji, Dennis Gardeck against Jonah Williams, and then you have to stare down Marco Wilson and Keytrell Clark, right? Um, well, yeah, and and. To your point, you know, that's a big matchup, but the reality is that's that's a matchup that the Cardinals are going to lose every time. So the first thing you go is, okay, what's what's T. Higgins' status? Um, T. Higgins says he's playing. Yeah, I know. He, he does. Um, and so with that, you look at it and you go, okay, let's, you know, let's look at how this team looks with – in terms of the overall dynamic, even with with Higgins, um, you know Higgins played last week and had, I mean, you and I tied him in, in amount of catches. Like it wasn't wasn't great. And he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. I don't want anybody to think I'm talking negatively. I'm just talking reality. Um, Jamar Chase has had one massive game. And three games that, again, are just not very Jamar Chase-like or what we expect. I mean, against Tennessee last week, he was okay, 7 for 73. The week before, you know, where they won, he had 12 for 141. But the two games prior to that, he had, you know, 70 yards receiving in two games. Um, Tyler Boyd's kind of been their their most consistent after that first game. He's, he's going for, you know, right around – 40 yards a game. And then, like I said, Higgins, Higgins has had um, one good game. I'm sorry. Higgins was shut out in the opener. He had two catches last week and then two catches against the Rams. I apologize. I, I undersold him. He had four catches in the last two games um, for 40 yards. So, I mean, it's just odd, right? Like this was looked at as the best receiving core in the NFL. I mean, and I don't think anybody would really debate that. No, nope. I mean, <laughs> you, you could at, you could you could look at a few. So you could look at Seattle's receivers, um, but you know, by adding it's a you know a Smith and Jigs and, and Jigba, that's that's a that's a rookie. But here you've got three established productive receivers. T. Higgins, when Jamar Chase was out last year, really really stepped up. Um, and looks great. Yeah, and then you look at, you know, and so, again, on paper, the Cardinals just don't match up. I mean, they just, they flat out don't. But the reality has become that they've just been not good. Um, and and I don't know how much of it's their fault. I mean, you and I have not sat down and watched every Bengals game. We're, we're just kind of going off of what we have seen in passing and then obviously – um, what we've talked to people and watched. Um, their offensive line, like like you said earlier, has been catastrophically bad at times. Uh, Ted Karras, who's I think really old, if I remember right, has been... Um, no, he's not that old. Okay. He's been in the league for eight years now. He, you know, he's really struggled this year, probably the worst season of his career. Um, there, I don't know which guard this is. Cordell Volson has been, he's playing left guard, has been legitimately awful, like one of the worst uh, guards in the NFL. He's been terrible. Uh, their big offseason signing of Orlando Brown Jr. has never really been a good pass protector. It's not been his thing. It's why, you know, they got rid of him in KC despite winning two Super Bowls with him as, you know, the their or no, with one Super Bowl with him as their left tackle um, after trading a first-round pick for him. So it wasn't like they didn't, you know, invest in him. It's just not what his strength is. But he hasn't been great. Uh, and so, like you said, you've got a chance to really dictate things 
with the pass rush, which will take the pressure off your inexperienced or overmatched corners, which has kind of been the whole situation this year. I mean, you look at the teams they've played, um, you know, outside of Cleveland, Baltimore secondary is okay. And I mean, they gave up 24 and you mentioned they had a, a punt return touchdown in that game. Their secondary, you know, Baltimore's secondary is okay. Um, in the third game, they played LA, and again, their secondary's okay. And, you know, they got beat up pretty good by Jamar Chase. That was the statistical best game of Joe Burrow's season. And then last week against the Titans, I mean, their secondary is not anything to write home about. And they, held burrow to one of his worst you know performances since week one but of his career i mean and so we're just talking about a situation where the cardinals have to this sounds crazy to say the cardinals have to force joe burrow to beat them like they have to get pressure on burrow they have to bring challenge challenge him to throw the ball downfield because they haven't done it they just haven't done it this year no, his A dot, which is average depth of target, is like insanely low, like historically low, which is, again, just so absurd for a guy that he's been a captain check down this year. And whether it's worried about the leg, whether it's just pass protection being bad, receivers not getting open, uh, he's been he's been captain check down. And the way they're getting the ball to Jamar Chase is not. Uh, down the field it is getting him the ball quickly and hoping he makes a play uh, with the ball yeah I mean I'm looking at it right now he has thrown 10 passes of 20 yards or more 10 um on the season he's thrown 37 passes of 10 yards or more which and he's only completing 57 percent of them Right. Of, of, of all mean, his passes. Right. And, and of those, he's completed 11 of 37. Ooh. So, I mean, we're talking less than 33%. Like, this is a guy that he's completing nearly 75% of his passes under 10 yards and less than 33% over 10 yards. And, and that's just a baffling scenario when you go back and you look at who he has been as a as a player his first you know three seasons after the injury and everything and and you know so people understand kind of what we're talking about josh dobbs who you know there's literally not a single person on earth that would say that they would take josh dobbs over joe burrow josh dobbs has thrown 42 passes down the field um he's completed 25 so right around 60 percent and and that's just i mean and he's throwing about 34 percent of his passes down the field and so that's what's crazy to look at because burrow's throwing 23 percent of his passes down the field so like this is a guy that has a legitimate alpha wide receiver one in Jamar Chase. He has a matchup nightmare in T. Higgins, who's one of the biggest receivers in the NFL at 6'4", 215 pounds. And then he has a great underneath guy in, in Tyler Boyd. And he's, like Jess said, he's literally just throwing underneath. He's throwing checkdowns. He's he's not taking any chances and if that continues against the cardinals that's where they can succeed on the flip side you know it's about finding a way to wear out that defense for the first time in a while they're not playing from ahead right so they're not they're not able to pin their ears back and go get things trey hendrickson is phenomenal um i think he lines up on on pj's side which is exciting right like pj did a good job against no he lines up on the right okay so pj did a good you know a decent job against nick bosa i mean he's he's held his own 
almost all season. Um, and coverage, they don't, I mean, they don't strike any fear in you in coverage. That's one of the things that I'll say is that you've got a lot of guys it that give up a lot of a lot of uh, catches uh, for for yardage. You give up a lot of you know they give up a lot of touchdowns that don't make a lot of plays on the ball. The, their biggest playmaker on the ball is Dax Hill, their second year safety who's struggled. I mean he's. He's really struggled to replace uh, Jesse Bates. Mike Hilton, their other safety, has been borderline bad. Um, you know, so the Cardinals, ideally looking at it, should have should have an advantage when when they're throwing the ball if they can protect Dobbs. Their defense, though, I mean, against the run is is really really good. Hubbard, DJ Reader, Jermaine Pratt all really solid up front guys uh especially reader hubbard and hendrickson as i talked about earlier like those guys kind of make it go so you're going to need an effort at the level that you saw against san francisco but not but being able to continue to to utilize the run game run clock and kind of put the uh the Bengals in a situation where they're playing catch up which is again insane to say but like <laughs> asking joe burrow to make plays to win the game right coming on next on the rise up series podcast the best of cardinals talk on the web let's make our predictions and and look at some of the best prop bets we can get that's coming on next on rise up sea red we're back on the rise up sea red podcast the best of cardinals talk on the web time for predictions picks and prop bets this is uh this is the segment of the show where we talk about what we think will happen um Seth is Seth is I think is going to pick the Cardinals to win, but deep down it believes that the Bengals are going to run away with this one. It's going to be like suddenly that the Bengals turn things on is going to be thirty seven fourteen. Is that is that what's going on in your brain right now? Yeah, I'm just expecting it to finally <laughs> like finally click for them. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like it genuinely doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't. But taking taking both teams at face value not what the you know looking statistically looking at what we've seen on the field this is a game the cardinals should win the the bengal's being favored by 3 points is a very odd spread but it, i think it re, i think it re reflects the fact that the betting club public doesn't trust either team <laughs> right now so to give the bengal's 3 you know to 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 give up 3 points in this game when they've looked so bad especially on the road what Cleveland and Tennessee do offensively is basically what the Cardinals try to do offensively with without the big time talent at running back. You've got a very good running back in in James Conner, but I believe this game. I believe Cincinnati will continue to struggle offensively because the Cardinals, you know defensively even though that they've had their issues they are they do make teams execute and Cincinnati does not have the same uh, doesn't have the same doesn't give them the same problems as San Francisco did one they don't have a Christian McCaffrey Joe Mixon's kind of like a James Conner type back and Joe Burrow is not playing in the playing in the intermediate throws the way the Brock Purdy is and so i think this game will be relatively low scoring i think the cardinals um i think it'll be a close game i like a three-point game until the cardinals add an extra field goal late and, and win this one 23 to 17 uh for those of you who look at look at the total that would be hitting the under this week um but yeah i i think this is this is a Washington game, like the week one Washington game, only the Cardinals are better offensively. They're not bad offensively. The Bengals are bad offensively. The Cardinals are, are respectable offensively this week and pick up a 23-17 win. Yeah, and I, I have it 23-20. The Cardinals win. Um, same type of idea. I just, you know, like I said, I, I have watched too much Cardinals football in my life to to go in confident with this, right? Like, at some point, the other shoe has to drop, doesn't it? Yeah. So we'll see. Let's just hope it's not this week. Right. Let it be and, against and, Seattle next week. Yeah, and and so we'll see 
how that goes. Uh, but so yeah, I have I have the Cardinals winning twenty three twenty in a close game. The the over under is at forty four right now, so I have them hitting it. You know, just just under the under. So we'll see how it works out because that's uh that's an interesting game all around. Yeah, uh, and this is a game like I picked the Cardinals this week on my on my weekly three underdog picks for Sportsbook Wire. Um, one, I, I hit the, the the Chicago pick that they just beat up the the Commanders. I didn't have them winning outright. I had them covering though, so I'm I'm one and zero. Oh. And then I've got the Cardinals and, and the Texans winning outright. I'm not the only one that thinks that. Like, if you look at the, the, the NFL preview video, the NFL Network preview video, their panel of 10 guys, I believe it is split 5-5, five and five, picking the Cardinals to win. Uh, ESPN's Dan Graziano has the Cardinals as his upset pick of the week. I really like this matchup in particular. And, is, and as long as Joe Burrow doesn't suddenly become Joe Burrow again, I think what we're going to see is that. And so if if you want an interesting spread to take, okay, um, you're, you're going with the basic spread of, of you know, the, the Bengals minus three. Uh, you, you go with the Cardinals plus three minus 110. That's kind of the standard one. I really like, if you want to go for an alternate spread, go for the Cardinals minus three and take a plus 185. I, I That's a kind of nice sweet spot. You're not going too crazy on there, but – that you could get yourself a nice payout there. We had a plus one eighty five going to the Cardinals minus three. Yeah, and and one of the big ones that I really like this week is going to Josh Dobbs, and he's plus one fifty four for over one and a half touchdowns. So two touchdowns on the day. Um, this this game, as I said, I think it's going to be a lot of we're going to see a lot of running but i think in in the situation that they're going to have the opportunity to uh, make some plays with michael wilson uh, marquise brown zach Ertz, and trey mcbride this week in, in the passing game in in the red zone so i like that at plus money uh i looking at i think this is this is a I, it's not big money it's just kind of normal stuff but you know james connor over 58 and a half rushing yards minus 120 that is, that's easy money. Um, he's hit over that in three of the four games. He's averaging 100 yards a game at home. And the Bengals are just giving up a lot of rushing yards, especially on the road. So, you know, James Conner over 58 and a half. That's easy money. It's minus 120, so it's it's bare, like, it, there's, um, there's normal risk. It's, you're not going to make big money, but that's an easy win to me. Yeah, and then when you look at, Another one that I like heading into this game. Um, I like the way that this. Uh, I like the way that Michael Wilson's line looks right now. He's at minus one fifteen. I think it's moved a little bit. Let me double check. Oh no, he's minus one fifteen for over thirty seven and a half yards, yards. Yeah. which is which he's hit every game but his first game as a rookie. So like, oh man, it seems. I like the Ertz at over twenty nine and a half, but none of these, none of these, you're going to get nice plus money uh, for for the rushing totals and the receiving totals. Um, they they they, <laughs> they finally got wise on Prater. Uh, they they have it the 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 total for him for the kicking points is is six and a half and yeah and I'm. I do like I even though I think the Cardinals are going to score and it's moved since I wrote my article. Um, his field goals made it over one and a half plus one fourteen. So I think they're going to have chances to kick field goals because they're going to move the ball effectively, and and so we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. If you look at the passing, uh, let's look at the yards. I don't think you know. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't. I'm not going to touch the Josh Dobbs line of two nineteen. Although, with Burrow, doesn't it feel like the under? 
Except yeah. I, it feels like the under, but that's not a bet I want, you know, knowing it's going to come at some point. I'm like, I say the under, but I'm, I, I'm not a confident. I don't like, you know, when, when you've got a guy that you know is going to happen at, at some point. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's just, interesting. It, they don't even have a line on BetMGM for for passing attempts for Burrow. Yeah, let me see if they do here. Pass completions. No, they don't on DraftKings either. So he's also plus one fifty to throw an interception, and he's thrown two touchdowns to two interceptions. So. And yeah, so that's not. And, and the Cardinals have had interceptions in three of their four games. Um, it's been kind of a key thing for what they've been doing. So yeah, I, I think if we're going to say what the car, if the Cardinals are going to win a game this year, if they're going to win this game, that probably comes with at least one turnover and and you know over, over half an interception. Throwing an interception at, at plus one fifty is is nice. That that's a good one. Uh, longest pass completion. Um, you've got Dobbs at. 35 and a half. Do you think he has a, a pass that goes for 36 yards or more? Um, that's all. That's always a tough one because I don't know how often they're going to try, uh, try to push the ball down the field against this team because they can, they'll be able to kill them underneath and with, with running the ball. So are they going to be able to get rack? Um, yeah, let's just, yeah, I think over 35 and a half. I wouldn't touch that one, but yeah, I could see it happening. Longest rush. Oh, I forget to say, let's see where it, oh, the Dobbs. Like oh, come on, Dobbs. That's another one to over 21 and a half for Dobbs. Easy, easy money. Yeah, it feels like it, it's bad juice. It's all the way up to minus one thirty at this point. Oh, for for you know what we've got over at BetMGM is minus one ten. So yeah, so I'd go fire on BetMGM if you can get that. Um, Connor fourteen and a half, Mixon fourteen and a half, Dobbs ten and a half, and again that's minus one thirty yeah. on, on DraftKings. I don't. I. I'd take the Connor one because it's at minus one hundred five. That feels like a it feels like a good enough juice. Um, and and but, the Cardinals like he he busted a few in the games that he's at home. He's busted one or two long ones. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But I like that. And then looking at looking at Michael Wilson, Marquise Brown. I don't like any of those. Twenty two and a half for Marquise Brown. Eighteen and a half for Michael Wilson. 14 and a half for Zach Ertz seems like it would be painful <laughs> to, to bet on that. Um, what about taking the the first half money line plus 120? I mean, that was the first first half they've lost, and they were with you know they got it close. Yeah. Anything else that anything else that looks looks good with that? Let me see. Yeah. Team touchdowns. Go, going back, I would, I would, because it is like you said, plus money. I would go with the Cardinals plus one twenty in the first half. I, I like that too. I like that too. With that, with that, let's go ahead and end this edition of the Rise of Sea Red podcast. The best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. We'll have this posted. You'll hit this on Friday. We will drop on Saturday my my end my my show with Solomon Wilcott's former Bengals defensive back. We'll be back on Tuesday talking about the Cardinals hopefully win and whether it's a win or not Seth and I'll be back next week talking that's Seth Cox I'm Jess Root thanks for listening as always thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts Stitcher Radio Audioboom or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.